Mikko Rantanen, jag säger Mikko Rantanen. Mikko Rantanen, jag säger Mikko Rantanen. Mikko 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 Rantanen, jag säger Mikko Rantanen. Mikko Rantanen, jag säger Mikko Rantanen. Welcome in to a weekend edition of the DNVR Avalanche podcast, or I guess today it should be the DNVR Rantanen podcast with Nathan and AJ. Rantanen has officially signed, so we had to jump on and talk about it a little bit. AJ, initial thoughts, great or greatest contract Joe Sackick has ever signed? Oh, well, I mean, obviously, that's got, you know, there's the McKinnon deal sitting there where you have a $12 million player making half of that. So second greatest. I'll go ahead and put you down for great. (laughs) (laughs) Great, great works. Great works for me. I mean, this is a mint deal. Uh, This is, he gets paid. He gets 55 million. Uh, Rantanen will be uh, 28 when the deal ends. So he'll have another payday coming up. Still have plenty of, of, I don't know if I'd call it prime years left, but two pre-30 years and then well into his 30s, he can get paid. Honestly, they could take this deal and copy and paste. Yeah, just duplicate and take it till he's 34, that would yeah, take. so Exactly. And then at that point, you know, and then, you know, whatever inflation is at the time, you know, right. you, you add that in there as well and give him a. Uh, you know, maybe maybe you bump it up to like, I don't know, six years. Who knows what the freaking cap looks like, man? I really have no idea. But you could, you could, he could be an eleven million dollar player in six years. But that's the point. That's why we spent all summer. It needs to be long term. It needs to be long term because you didn't want to pay him eight million on a three year deal, and then turn around and give him twelve million on a on a on a long term deal after that. You know, now they've got him at nine two five for the next six years. And for a guy that's coming off back to back eighty point seasons, if if I had the capacity to whistle, I would be doing it. <laughs> it you know, they say the mark to shoot for, for for star players to really get value, at least that's going to change in the future as, as the cap goes up. But recently it's been about a million dollars per point. Brandon put up 87 points last year. You got him at 925. That's pretty close. Right. right. You mean every 10 points, but yeah. yeah 100K per point. My right. bad. And, uh, oh boy, a million per point. Hockey players would not be poor. I mean, there are some players that do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to. Anyway. Um, <laughs> You know, this This is, a, a, I mean, this raises the bar. Now it's gone from, hey, it was great that he turned into an elite player to he absolutely has to stay an elite player. Yes, very true. This is, this is a guy that needs to, he needs to stay healthy. He needs to be a high-end producer year in, year out, and riding shotgun next to Nathan McKinnon. Uh, Colorado has a four-year window where those guys are making $15.55 million dollars combined this is what you would call a stanley cup window you have elite talent in their prime 
signed for the next four years at at discounted prices at at fair prices for right. one of them anyway. McKinnon is an insane discount, of course. Yeah, I mean now that it's done, you're looking at Rantanen being in your core past the window, but with that four year McKinnon window, with Landeskog two years left, Kadri three years left, also guys like Don's going Comfer four year deals. Everything is set up for this window to be the push for the cup. It is uh, average age of Colorado's forwards right now. And obviously this is going to be a little bit on the low side because there are more forwards right now than they will keep, but 25.8. Yeah. That's, you know, they've got one guy that's 30 years old right now in Belmar at 34. Right. I think Calvert's 29 is yeah. the next closest, Calvert and so. Calvert and Wilson are both 29. Kadri is 28. Um, but that's those are the only guys who are even close. You yep. know, Donsko is twenty seven, Landeskog is your next closest twenty six, and Yeto twenty six, and then after that, it's all twenty four and under. So you know, this is this is it. This is your forward core is very very young, and we know on the defense, their their top four is going to have a twenty four year old Nikita Zadorov, a twenty year old Kale McCarr, and a twenty one year old Sam Gerrard. This is not just a team that's here for for right now. This is this is a team that's here from now on. Right. It's the way the abs are set up has changed. Instead of going out and acquiring talent from here on out, it's mostly going to be about retaining it. Uh yeah, man. I mean, that's it really is. Like when we talk about, hey, the, we know that this roster is going to get a lot more expensive in the next few years. We know that next summer we expect the big contract will be uh, a Gabe Landeskog extension that won't kick in for, you know, until 2021, but that will be, that will be the thing. He's got two years left after this year, you know, Colorado is still set to have $24 million in cap space next year. And the only potential big money deals that they have coming off their books, I say big money, you know, I mean like at least a million five, um, Burakovsky, Wilson, Nieto, um, potentially Jost if he has a breakout season, uh, Nikita Zadorov, and then I'm going to include Pavel Fransuz in here because even if they don't uh, bring back Pavel Fransuz, they'll have to go out and get a backup goaltender, which is usually in the range of one to one and a half million dollars, unless you go and get you know a specific type of guy that costs a little bit more, but. They they are still set up to the point where they are in very very good shape financially. Uh, they, the the Rantanen deal m- pushes them to about seven million dollars in cap space. If uh, uh, if you cut one of the extra guys off the roster, because right now like Cap Friendly has uh, too many guys on the roster. They have a they have a twenty four man roster listed. So cut one of those guys off and you're at seven, right around $7 million in cap space. So they're, they're perfectly set up. If they wanted to do a big, uh, a big addition, if they wanted to go big in free agency next year, you know, I know everybody's thinking about Taylor Hall uh, as a guy that's walking into free agency, yep. uh, potentially walking into free agency currently unsigned. So, you know, that's where that conversation is. You remember they, they threw 11, 11 million plus at Artemi Panarin this summer. They still have the capacity to do that, even with this ranting and deal. Yeah, we talked about Panarin over the offseason, and we said, if you go out and get someone that big, 
that's what it would kind of take to make the abs a cup contender with where they are now. If they go out and get someone like a Taylor hall, the next off season, does that make them a cup favorite? Um, yes. So there you I go. Don't, I don't, I don't know how they wouldn't be. If you had, if you had a top six of Landis, McKinnon, Rantanen, Hall and Kadri and who the hell cares as your sixth guy and a defense with, uh, you know, Makar and Gerard, and next year we know Byron will be on the team. And assuming, assuming that Philip Grubauer shows that he's in true number one this year and that he's the real deal, he's an actual good goaltender, then 100%. You know, that's always the position that could sink this. You know, uh, Grubauer could could not live up to that potential and could could end up being just a very high-end backup and a, and a low-end starter. And then that, you know, that's an issue. That's something that they would have to then revisit. But if Grubauer proves to be the real deal and they were to go out and get a guy like Taylor Hall, 100% they're a cup favorite. I mean, they're, league-wide, they're already looked at as one of the top one of the top teams that, that people are, are, are wanting to see come together anyway. You know, on a day-to-day basis, we're a lot more privy to the bumps and bruises and the warts that still exist. So, you know, we're, I would say we're harder to win over. But we all still feel like they are absolutely central division contenders this season. And Ranton and signing at nine and a quarter, uh, you already said, you know, they had plenty of cap space anyway. At the end of next season, they'd have over or at the end of the season in July 1st, they'll have 24 ish million. A lot of that will end up going to Landis Cog, but things will be moving around. How much does that call it a million dollars? Because there's a world where Ranton and signed for 10 and a quarter make a difference does that free up enough space for them to really be able to do more or have a little bit more versatility on the team what do you mean so let's say Ranton and signs for 10 and a half or 10 and a quarter instead is that million dollars a big deal to the abs or is it just kind of a nice bonus like, will that free them up to do something bigger? No, I don't. I don't think so because I mean, you're you're talking about you know again the next big money deals are all deals that would theoretically kick in two years from now. You know, a Landeskog extension starts in 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 two years. You know, Kale McCarr's first uh, post ELC deal starts in two years. So you know those big money extensions that that we think they'll try and get done next summer, uh, those those will all be taking effect in two years, and by that point you're halfway through Miko's deal. You know, like you're 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 getting into uh, you know you've only got you know two years from now when those deals start, you've got two years left of McKinnon, uh, you're going into the third year of Rantanen's deal. So I don't think that that extra million is is going to mean a ton uh but it's it's mostly where did they especially I don't I don't think that because I think they give they they give away a little bit of money on bottom on on middle tier players you know uh, Comfer at 3.5 for example you know Matt Calvert at 285 you know those those aren't deals that hurt you but those are deals that we have said in the past. When you start to pay your star players, you know you're gonna have to. Uh, you're you're gonna have to make cuts somewhere on your roster. 
you know, you can't just willy nilly bring Colin Wilson back for 2.6 in a normal year ever, right. as a cup contender. And that's, you know, that's probably where the million dollars will make the bigger difference is, is there Being a bottom get away guy? with some of that? Yeah, yeah, they can, they, they loved Belmar, right? right. 1.8 million, you know, and maybe, maybe, you know, you look at Chicago, a great example, a team that's been cap strapped for years. They had to go an extra year on Ryan Carpenter, who was another guy the Avs were after on their fourth line. They had to go the ex- the, the third year, but they got him for a million. And, you know, the difference in those, you know, Colorado being able to do two years versus three on a, on a similar caliber player was an extra $800,000. So I think that's probably where it gets spent. You know, it doesn't, it won't, it won't be like the difference between them being like, Hey, we'll pay Taylor Hall 10 and a half million, or we'll pay him 11 and a half million. If Taylor Hall says, Hey, I'll, I'll play for 11 and a half million for you guys. I will lock it down and I will come and play for you guys. For eleven and a half million, you know, you find the way, right? Of course. Like, and and I don't know if that's the number we're talking about with Taylor Hall. I, I don't, I, you know, I I have no idea. I'm just assuming it's going to be a high number. So, uh, I just, it's just that that billion dollars. No, I think goes elsewhere. But knowing that it's there will always be nice. And getting ranted in on this deal, um, especially after the Marner contract came in, it's. It's a really good job by, you know, Rantanen wanted to be here. He was starting to get frustrated. Uh, it came out a little bit in the interview that we did with him the other day. He was like, hey, I want to get this done. Yep. Um, there was there was a sense of frustration um, that he was still there. You know, he, he wanted to be getting in Denver and play with his teammates and, and get this going. And the Avs gave on the nine the nine million dollar barrier, which they were not thrilled to cross. They gave on that, and you know to to land at nine two five, you know two weeks after Mitch Marner goes at ten eight, and the idea and and there's a possibility he doesn't miss any regular season games. It took longer than we would have wanted, but if he can get here and not miss any regular season games, I mean this. It was an awful lot of hand wringing for nothing. Yeah, I mean, I see both sides of it. There, look, had they signed Ranton into a nine two five deal on July first, I wouldn't have had any complaints about it. Even if the market didn't end up getting set where it is at now, I would have been perfectly happy to take Ranton in at that number. So I do think there still is a little bit of that side that this probably should have gotten done earlier. Yeah, but. As you said, there's five days till opening night. There's a very real possibility he could make that. That might be a little tight based on what we've seen for players playing in the U.S. But easily could be here for the Saturday game against Minnesota and mm. almost certainly will be here for games three and four. I, With the way that their schedule set up, if he's not here for games three and four, we have a serious problem with immigration. Right. <laughs> That's a whole nother can of worms. Right, because game game two is a week from today. So if he's not here for game three, which is which takes place five days later, you know, there it should it should not be taking Miko Ranton in twelve days to get here on a work visa. Right. You know, there's and for athletes, these things are always expedited, right? These are always just a matter of days. Patrick Line signed his contract. He's in Winnipeg. 
Like, right. Because Canada got it done immediately. Right. There's like, no. It's. <laughs> uh, it's. It's it's calm. It, to me, I mean, I mean, it has to happen. Like that's the next step in this. Uh, but if if he gets it, it, even just two games, like we were we were talking about, well, you know, maybe he misses the first home stand. You know what's what's the concern? What where do we draw the line at this starting to be a real problem? We've talked about it's been a close call for them to make the postseason the last couple of years. Hey, this might have been like. Today, tomorrow might have been like the last days to get it done to realistically give him a shot to make opening night. Maybe. We'll see. But it's done, and it's a very, very good deal. And it's $55 million for a 22-year-old kid. It should be very nice. Even if he can't make opening night, the deal is done. This isn't an ongoing conversation. So whatever level of distraction was there is now gone. They're just waiting for him to arrive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it really was not a huge uh, distraction. The players, weren't, they, they, haven't, uh, they haven't really asked about it. You know, they, they haven't been asked about it by us very much. Uh, it's just not been a big deal because they all have said the same thing. Well, Hey, when he gets here, we'll, you know, we'll deal with it. But until he's here, we can't do anything about it. So we're not going to make a, we're not going to make a fuss about it. And this isn't the kind of media market that goes after teams like they do in other markets. You know, it's, it's not an adversarial relationship. We know we're not, I'm just, I'm just in there trying to talk to players and, and tell cool stories and bring cool coverage that abs fans like. I'm not in there trying to get into a player's face and be like, well, there's no Miko here. Do you take that personally? Do you think he's better than you? You know, I'm not trying to start any static with any of these guys. He's not here. He hadn't been here. It hasn't really been much of a distraction. Uh, We haven't asked about it a whole lot. We haven't done a whole lot. I've, I've been surprised at how little it's honestly come up throughout the preseason. You know, every time Bednar gets asked about it, he just kind of shrugs. Yeah, and to be honest, it it feels a little bit like everything's falling to place as we record this in the second intermission of the Avs' final preseason game. Andre Burakovsky has picked up his first goal of the preseason on the second line, or with second line line mates in this game, on literally 20 seconds after Rantanen signed. So, maybe everybody wins there. Uh, you know, I wrote it in my, my ranted and signing piece. What comes next will be really interesting because, you know, we've Bedner has said, we want Jost in the top six. We want Jost in the top six. And we've all just kind of assumed that Donskoy would be, you know, in there somewhere because he's had such a good preseason and they went out and they got, uh, they got Burakovsky specifically to give him a bigger role. And right now, they could be faced, if if they're basing it purely on preseason results, Burakovsky would not be in Colorado's top six. But are you really going to take Tyson Jost out of there just because you're trying to force the Burakovsky thing? Like, with Ranton in there now, you have your top line set, and then you go down, and it's it's Kadri. You have to keep Donskoy and Kadri together. You have to. Now you have to. Before, you could make the argument for Donskoy on the top line. He's been that good. All right, fair enough. 
But now with 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 Rantanen back in the fold, Kadri and Donskoy is a obviously. You know, you keep those two guys together, and then it's either Burakovsky or Jost. Which one do you want? And if Jost isn't in that top six, he should one hundred percent be the three C. Yeah. Uh, oh darn! Too much talented options to put into the top six. Right. That's an okay problem. Well, and, and it's it's going to be a fluid situation. You know, if they do put Burkowski there and he he can't handle it, you know, then that's... Yeah, absolutely. You'll switch things around. Exactly. You'll you'll do something else. Um, But if... if oh, boy. And what does this do to the bottom of the roster? You know, now, yeah. you know, we were talking about... We were talking about like, oh, you know, maybe you could you could have both like Greer and and Kamenev if they had strong performances and they chose to go with those guys. You know, now if they if they wanted to go the veteran route and go with like a Nachushkin and a Megna, I mean, now you're pushing all the kids off your roster. Right. It's our next couple of days of shows just got a whole lot easier to do. <laughs> It's well, our Monday show is going to be really cool for people. Yeah, that's true. That show is actually going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited for the Monday show. And then Tuesday and Wednesday for sure will be. Uh, well, and they have to decide the Tuesday's the first. That's when they have to get to 23. They've been operating same way we have that we'll deal with Ranton. And once it's done, it's done now. And you have five days until opening nights to rejigger your roster and, and make decisions to get who you want and need in the lineup. Yeah. Um, it's that's the, what comes next after the Miko signing is definitely uh, going to be interesting stuff. I mean, it's really this whole podcast is we're high-fiving. The deal is done. This is over with. It's a great contract for both sides. Uh, and the avalanche are set now, you know, they've got, They've got four years before McKinnon becomes very, very, very expensive. And then you have to start making actual real hard cuts. But. Who hype, 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 yeah. I think is the, the way to put it. It's it's now that this is done, it's four years and uh, they, they have no major contracts again with Gerard already in the fold. Um you know, barring barring major breakouts by Burkowski and Jost this year, uh, or you know any of these guys, they they don't have any like top flight contracts that they really have to worry about again for for two years. Yeah, there you go, and that's where it's at. So, Miko back in the fold. Just a quick little rundown of of where that stands for you on a on a Sunday here as the Abs finish up their game. As always, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We'll be back on Monday with some some really cool content that I think we're going to try to do live. So keep an eye out for that. We'll talk to you then.